Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody, at 780-496-0063. That is our River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Paul texts the show. I said, name uh and because of the range on Andre Kuzmenko, I mean Who's maybe the best Russian guy to come over has probably been Artemi Panarin. And uh, and then maybe one of the biggest misses was Vadim Shipachev, uh, who signed with Vegas. Um, and so give me some high-profile guys out of Europe that didn't pan out. And Paul has reminded me of uh, Yuri Dupita, who the Oilers probably brought in too late as well, signed out of... Uh, uh, he was a Czech player that uh, was Flyers' property at one time, if I recall correctly. All right. Without further ado, uh, we are going to rip off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get them with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. We welcome back to the show NHL insider John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. Good. You? Not bad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the home office today. We rearranged the bonus room. Uh, as you know, we have three cats, and they spend a lot of time in this room. And sometimes uh, when we do some cleaning, my allergies get going, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hammering on the Benadryl right now to try to keep it under control or the Claritin or maybe... Oh, my com- goodness. You know, if you combine that with something else, you know, like uh, Bailey's and coffee as well as a sugar-free rock star, it's been known to make a guy a little bit crazy. So I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to get too... Um, well, you know what? You do have to be good for two hours, Bob. So. Uh, well, most days I'm lucky if I'm good for uh, four or five minutes on this show, let alone two hours. All right, let's get to it. Andre Kuzmenko chooses the uh, Vancouver Canucks. That's his prerogative. Uh, I, I believe Edmonton and Florida, where he visited with Florida as well. Do you know who the fourth team was there? Did you hear? No, I did not. I I, I heard the the three that you mentioned. I hadn't heard of. Uh, I hadn't okay. heard of fourth. What's your What's your take? I mean, should this be cause for concern, or that, hey, I mean, you're not going to get every player you want. Uh, my understanding is that he's kind of a complimentary winger; that he's not overly explosive. I'm from the school, never underestimate a Russian's ability to skate, because usually they can skate. Uh, but uh, what have you heard on him, and what sort of impact do you think he might have with Vancouver? Well, he's, he's obviously going to be given a chance there. I, I, I do think that there was an advantage for the Canucks in the fact that they did have another Russian playing for them yeah. in Polkosen. And I think that that's always a positive. It's, it's, it's a good scenario to have someone, someone from the same country on the roster not necessarily for what happens in the dressing room or happens on the ice, but away from the rink. There's a comfort factor with that. So I think that was a positive that worked in the, in the Canucks favor. Uh, the, the other thing, and don't laugh is when Kuzmenko did take his trip to Vancouver, it was the only day in 14 that it didn't rain. 
And I think you know how great Vancouver can be when the sun shines. So you may get the, uh, and you can see it almost from all those Instagram pictures uh, that he posted, how much fun he was having in Vancouver. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I think in the end it becomes a comfort factor. Uh, you know, recognition factor of some of the players that are on that team, like Pedersen, uh, and uh, and go from there. But I, I listen in this business, you certainly can't take it personally. No, like there's several other suitors, and you get down to a short list. I mean, I remember when the Oilers landed Justin Schultz. You know, that was a big deal back in the spring of 2012 and late June of 2012. And uh, Vancouver was one of the teams that thought a lot of the media there. And think about the time. I mean, there's actually Vancouver media guys, and I've heard them say to us, they refer to their Stanley Cup years. And I'm kind of like, don't you actually have to have won a Stanley Cup? to? I, I know what they're saying, that they were competing, but... You, know, you could say, hey, they're in a window. Like, you know, the Oilers are closing in. Hopefully, they can progress over the next couple of years and get into a Stanley Cup final. But at that time, in 2012, Vancouver was a year removed from going to the Stanley Cup final, and they ran on Justin Schultz, and he chose the Oilers. And so, uh, in fact, in large part, with a little bit of an assist from Paul Coffey at that time, who talked about... Yeah, yeah, that's right. As I understand it, Craig McTavish had a lot to do with that that sell of Edmonton yeah. to uh, to Justin Schultz. Yeah, and and I think that there was people, you know, the fact that uh, you know Schultz played in West Kelowna and was 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 part of uh, a little bit of BC hockey lore. I think that that's what disappointed more people in right, Vancouver. Right. I think so, there's always the assumption. There's always the assumption that you're going to play in your home province. You just you just nailed it. You, you can never take these things personally. And I, John, I got to tell you, I, like you know, I go out to BC. I'm, three of my four sisters live out in British Columbia. My mother, my mother, and two of my sisters live on the island. Uh, you know, it's I'm an Edmonton guy. Uh, you know, like I'm the type of guy when I see those comments from Sebastian Vettel at the, uh, at the you know the Grand Prix, I'm thinking to myself, all right, see, so you have a German guy in Germany where they buy their oil products from the Russians, and he's sponsored by the Saudis, but he's taking shots at Canada. Really, seriously, what an asshat! Like that's what I'm thinking, right? Like I'm that Albertan. Uh, but hey, he's allowed to have his opinion, and so am I. So on that front. Uh, you know, I with Vancouver, I, I find that to be a really unique hockey market. Like whenever we go there, and we go there and stay there uh, for a couple times, it's invariably always between October and April, and it often is raining and brutal. But the draft, the draft that we had there in 2019, we got four days of awesome weather, and then I go out to look, you know, to Kelowna and then the coast for you know 10 to 14 days every year. It's beautiful out there. So it, you know, it's. I don't know if it's quite as beautiful as everybody in Vancouver makes it out to be on a daily basis, but it is a pretty nice location. I'll say that. Now, when it comes to hockey, unfortunately for them, they haven't had the kind of success that some other Canadian markets have had. Like, when's a lot? You know, when when did Vancouver last win the Stanley Cup, John? Well, Bob, that would be in 1915. Yeah. Uh, and even you and me weren't around for that, were we? Well, well, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, Fred Cyclone Taylor. But the the, uh, the thing that I would say is that Vancouver's right now, this was a real important signing for the new management team. There, yeah. uh, they need they they needed uh, 
you know, there's been lots of rumblings of what's going on in Vancouver. Uh, lots of people that are concerned about whether J.T. Miller's brought. Uh, who, who are the core assets uh, of the Vancouver Canucks? I think that's still being divined. But for Rutherford and Alvin. Uh, John, you're kicking in and out. Are you still with us? Are you still there, John? Did we lose him? Uh, yeah, you got me? We got you. There we go. What's happening is they're, they're telling in, uh, in Vancouver that we've got a new plan, and you have to stick with us for the plan, and that's the important part right now in Vancouver. That's the message, I think, what this signing does for the fan base. All right. Uh, let's get on to several other things. Uh, let's start with the fact that the Evander Kane situation and the arbitrator not available till after free agency starts. Don't you kind of need to know if you're the Edmonton Oilers on Evander Kane or other organizations that would target Kane as a potential uh, stone-cold mortal lock as a top six hack? I mean, he was a first-line productive player on the Oilers. Don't you need to know before then? Is this this necessarily fair to the Kane camp? And obviously here's where we mentioned that Kane's the one that filed the grievance. Well, I mean, it's not for lack of trying. And and as Bill Daly said last week, the arbitrator just is not available uh, for the month of June. Uh, So the the fact that uh, the ruling will not come down before the 13th, let alone the league, the Players Association, or Dan Milstein, the agent. Dan Milstein seems to be in the news a lot these days. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway... Uh, the, the the answer is to me not really um, because if you, you you if you sign Kane and you agree to get Kane to a deal and something that's successful to both sides, it will work its way out. Something will happen. What well, happens if he gets awarded back to San Jose? Back to San Jose. Do you really think that's reasonable? Do you think that's rational? Do you think the San Jose Sharks? Who still, by the way, don't have a, a full-time general manager at this point. Do you do you think they want Evander Kane back? You know, I, I think that uh, you know the you know the nuts and bolts are well. Uh, you know, he could go back. There's no chance he's going back, Bob. There's no chance. And if he does, if if he does get awarded, this is all in the end going to be about money and how much they owe and how much on the dollar will they pay. That's what this is about. Okay, uh, we had a question uh, for our listeners to jump in and participate. Can you name a high-profile European player that turned out to be a complete bust in the NHL? Uh, Mark from the Edmonton operation has texted the show to say, what about Anton Beloff, who the Oilers signed? We're getting, obviously, some Oilers uh, European players. Somebody mentioned Yuri Depita before. Do you got? I, I mentioned uh, Jonas Gustafsson because he was supposed to be the next great goaltending uh, uh, guardian out of Europe. Do you have one that comes across your mind right away? Yeah. You remember when, you remember when uh, Larry Onoff, Makarov, and Krutov came? Yes. To, well, Krutov was a bust. <laughs> we had somebody Krutov, suggest that. Krutov was a bust. The other two were superstars. But Krutov never really made it. Played in Vancouver briefly. Uh, I think probably had another cup of coffee somebody else, but he went. He did not last. 
he 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 came. He was so far out of shape when he came to North America, Bob. It was silly. He looked like the a other broadcaster. Two came in game shape. He looked like a broadcaster. He looked like ra- a, a radio broadcaster. Yeah. Thank you for that delineation. Uh, he, he only played the one season for the Canucks. He had 11 goals and 34 points in 61 games after uh, playing for Seska for all those years, CSKA Boston. One of the great stories, and I know it's true because I heard it from people who were there, was that when uh, Mrs. Krutoff finally got to Vancouver and went to the local Safeway store uh, and went into the meat area, she just loaded her shopping cart full of meat uh and the story goes that they said mrs krutoff what are you doing she says well look at all this meat they said don't worry there'll be meat tomorrow and she said no not at home there's not meat every day at home so we better do it now and i think that they were shocked they were shocked at how well we lived in our country and in the West compared to what they were living like in the Soviet Union at that point. I got to tell you, even Vladimir Rozichka, and he did have a 30-goal season with Boston after he left Edmonton, if he comes yeah. to the NHL at 21 or 22 instead of 28 or 29, I think it's a different story. I think the guy plays 12 to 15 years in the league because he was a pretty talented player. Sure. Well, the other guy like that that came very late in his life uh, that uh, I know where you're going. passed away yeah. is Ivan Holinka. You know, Ivan Holinka was a modern-day Phil Esposito uh, and, and was a fantastic hockey player, but just was he was too late in life to make an impact. I thought you were going to mention Helmut Balderas, who was also passed away, as you know. Well, he was another- well Helmut Balderas, I mean, whether you have a cup of coffee in Minnesota, well, Lou Nanny was so proud that he signed Helmut Balderas. But by then, Balderas, who was really wasn't Russian, I think he was Latvian or Lithuanian. Yes. Uh, you know, he, he was... He was well past his prime. The Czech players, the Slovak players, were still in their prime when they came. Yeah, Rizicka was 26 when he came to the Oilers in 89-90. He had 11 goals and 17 points in 25 games, but went minus 21 in 21 in 25 games. The Oilers won the Cup that year. Uh, he didn't play. He was an extra. That sort of what I what I remember about him uh, is he scored a goal on Sean Burke. And he basically deked around. He made a move and deked around uh, Burke. And as he wrapped back around behind the net, Burke, Burke sort of turned around and looked at him. And the look on his face was, who the blank was that? Because it was you didn't see a lot of guys have that kind of ranginess with his game. Right. And just to put things in perspective for the listeners, two years later, in 91-92, with Boston, he had 39 goals and 75 points in 77 games. Like Those are pretty good offensive numbers. And then he, So he had the one great year in the NHL. That's it. But mm-hmm. he was he was a special player for a long time in the Czech Republic. And he was a guy I thought, you know, if he would have come here at 21-22 instead of 26-27, we'll see what happens. I, I think Kuzmenko will probably be a second-line winger. That's my guess. That's I think that's the pro. Now, now we're going to have a little fun. Uh, by the way, you worked the Memorial Cup a number of years ago for Sportsnet. Who do you like? Uh, it's on TSN. They've done a good job broadcasting those games, John. We discussed that on uh, Wednesday. Edmonton, Hamilton, yeah. uh, Shawinigan, and Carter McDougall and Rocky Thompson taking over St. John. Who do you think wins the tournament? I think it goes down to the Oil Kings and the Bulldogs. Me too. I really do. I think that's. I think you know, and there's a, even a good, nice tie-in for the for the Hamilton team with Stevie Stales 
being the you know the chief bottle washer for that team. They've done a magnificent job. They you know they were starting to Bob. They were starting to get Oil King numbers and attendance in Hamilton uh, during the uh, OHL champion. They had almost twelve thousand people for their the last game of that series. So Bulldogs and the Oil Kings. It's uh, going to be a, a, a really good. Really, really good tournament. I'm looking forward to watching it from St. John. And as a guru of television, John, and we haven't done this for a while, uh, but I want to point out a couple shows on Netflix. One is called Downfall, the case against Boeing. Uh, which was quite interesting and, frankly, a little bit exasperating watching. Uh, especially, I won't give away the ending, but it's pretty disappointing in terms of how one of the guys ended up making out out of that whole situation. Uh, Boeing didn't do very well, as many people know. They ended up getting a substantial fine. But one individual who was at the head of it, he did okay. Uh, and the other one, a total sort of off-the-wall show called Clark, and it's about Clark Olofsson, who uh, was a, almost a, I don't know if you could call him a, what do they call, what do they call those guys in, in literature that are like the, the classic bad guys that you end up cheering for a bit? An archetype? Is that what they call it? Anyways, Clark Olsen, and the show's called Clark. It's a Swedish production, and it uh, sort of follows his bizarre career where he became like a, a star personality. This this show has been met with much apprehension from some of the uh, policing forces and that sort of thing in Sweden. Uh, you got anything that you've come across? I know you're watching a lot of NHL, but, you know, we're, yeah. anything that's caught your eye on Netflix these days? Uh, no, actually, I've been off Netflix. I've been, you know, I've been... Uh been deep into the Watergate stuff, you know, the last uh, the last seven days, of course, 50 years, the anniversary of the original break-in, and uh, there were John Dean and the guys at CNN did an amazing four-part series on w- what went on in, in Watergate it. and how truthful it was. I, I mean, as a person who, I mean, from, certainly from a distance, lived through it, and it became the topic of discussion. I was still in high school, but it became the topic of discussion every day all day of what was going on at Watergate uh, and, w- and what were the hearings were like. Uh, to me, to be re- to relive that has been absolutely, uh, it- it's been fascinating and enjoyable. The other one is I like biopics. You know that, Bob. I like biographies. Uh, Ken Burns uh, did one on Benjamin Franklin, which was fantastic, hard to beat, uh, really told the story of Franklin. And we give Franklin a lot of credit for being one of the fathers of America, but he, most <laughs> Most of the time that he was the father of America, he lived in France and in, in, uh, and in the United Kingdom. So uh, that, to me, was interesting. And then there's one on the History Channel with Teddy Roosevelt that was, to me, uh, under underrated. And Teddy Roosevelt goes to me now, based on what I learned in this book uh, and read a couple of books about him, uh, that uh, he was maybe the greatest American of all time. All right. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna sort of tie into uh, Watergate. Who are the two writers for the Washington Post? Woodward and Bernstein. So imagine, uh, you know, 50 years ago they break one of the biggest stories of all time, and in this past week at the Washington Post, you had one writer trying to get another writer fired because of uh, oh, I know. because of a tweet. Oh, come on. That's yeah. that's where we're at in this it's, world, it's, John. There you go. Writers, I just want to I, I just want to pay tribute to two of the great hockey writers in North America, Jim Matheson and Terry Jones. I know there's been lots of discussion in your town about both of them. Uh, now that Post Media has made a silly and rash decision on both of them, 
and I just want to say how much I loved reading them and loved working alongside of them and loved seeing them in the arena. Two of the greats of our business, both in Edmonton, both helped put Edmonton on the map in the sports world and deserve a ton of credit for it. Well stated, Jim. John, thanks for your time. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. That is John Shannon. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Right, uh, and he nailed it on Jim Matheson and Terry Jones. It's 12.52 at Edmonton. We'll bang off some texts. You're listening to Oilers now. Welcome back, everybody. It is 12.54 in Edmonton. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. They have been on Oilers Now uh, on 6.30 Ched for 11 years in a row. Roost Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply serving a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. Um, if you wanted to read a piece, uh, it's in the Atlantic on sort of how policing has changed specifically in the United States for something completely different, I'd I'd highly recommend it. I was unaware of the full effects of the militarization of policing in the U.S. I don't think we've got near the same scenario in Canada, but how it's playing a factor on how certain situations like school shootings are handled, it was frankly quite depressing and illuminating and educating to read. So... I'll throw that out there as well for you, because I know that we have a lot of Renaissance people that listen to this show. You might have, uh, you know, a lame former tree planter hosting it, but the reality of the situation is, uh, you, you know, we we love sports. It's a privilege to work in it. We talk about that all the time. I could talk about college football or the Elks or uh, the Eskimos as a kid, and you know, a little bit about international soccer, and maybe not as much about the NBA as I used to certainly a lot about the NFL, and we love hockey, hockey, hockey. And the show is called Oilers Now, but sometimes you have to read some other stuff as well. Uh, reminder that the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they are the best. Trent Brown, a two-time CFL All-Star with the then-named Edmonton uh, Eskimos. Of course, now they're the Edmonton Elks, and Brendan Escott's going to tell us right here, right now, Brendan, when's the next time the Elks play? What's going on there? They get the front half of the doubleheader next Saturday, and they are in Calgary. The first Battle of Alberta kickoff show, 3.30 here on Chad, and then game time, 5 o'clock. Bob, the term you were looking for was anti-hero when you were discussing Clark Olofsson. 
you are correct. That is bang on. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Sunny in Vancouver said, Bob, the most recent hyped-up Russian import player, Nikita Gusev, two years in the NHL, and ended up back in the KHL. And we'll see where this goes here. Um, Jason from Sangudo, you're making me laugh, but I can't read that text. Thank you very much. Uh and Randy says, Bob, who was the American uh, college free agent signed out of college a few years back that went to the Rangers? I believe he has a brother. Uh, and I think you're thinking of Jimmy Vesey, who had three pretty good seasons with the Rangers and then kind of uh, flamed out, hasn't really taken his game to the next level. Uh, again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Andrew the insult, uh, Insulator says, Bob, Magnus Piarby was a bust, but he was drafted. And the owners got a 10th overall pick, uh, you know, never panned out as a legitimate top six forward, had a decent NHL career, scored a huge overtime goal for St. Louis one year. I wouldn't necessarily call him a complete bust. I mean, a bust is you come over with a big name and there you go. Another texter, the big L says, Bob, the NHL only has one arbitrator. That's ridiculous. Uh, duly noted. Uh, I think there's something to that that you could sit there and maybe suggest, um, We shall see. Uh, Bob, uh, what about Calgary had a bust uh, Cervenka a few years ago? Yeah, he was a Czech player that was a buddy of Aloshemsky's. Roman Cervenka. The Oilers were in on him as well. In fact, they almost brought him in after the 2010 Olympics and came in a couple years later uh, to Calgary. Didn't really pan out. was sort of a tweener. And again, we'll see where it goes with Kuzmenko. I think Kuzmenko will be better than that. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. All right, it is 12.58 in Edmonton, and we will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson back with Rob Brown, Oilers Radio Network, when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.